Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. Uh, we're happy that you're joining us today. My name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined by Josh Sullivan. Yellow. Welcome, Josh. Thank you. And Matt Van Milligan. Matt, welcome to Hello. you. What a team we have here on the Catholic <laughs> Buzz. Eh? It's like sometimes uh, I think maybe one day it's like a surprise will be, and you won't be here, and someone else will, but it never happens. Never. No, I'm always happens. here. You're always here. I'm always here. Yeah. And uh, today uh, we have uh, something that has come up in the news recently that people ask a lot about it. So we're going to talk about it. And it's, it's kind of, you know, something that I think about um, th- that it brings a lot of pain to people because <clears throat> we're going to be talking about what happens when a priest is no longer a priest. Yeah. And uh, me as a priest, I know that uh, the influence priests have on on their people for better or worse. Yeah. You know, and uh, priests who are faithful, you see the great influence they have and the the building up of community or the spiritual lives of people, right? And then priests who aren't faithful, even who, who I'm talking about priests who remain in the priesthood mm-hmm. and have lost the joy of the yeah. priesthood, you know, sometimes uh, just by their attitude or things they say uh, sort of are a drag to their parishioners, mm-hmm. right? And there's no livelihood. You don't sense joy. You don't sense life there. Then there's another type of scandal uh, that I think is priests who leave the priesthood. Mm-hmm. And I think right away, um, priests who leave the priesthood is a scandal one way or yeah. another. Yeah, interesting. And however, in that scandal that there can be uh, some okay things that happen and some further terrible things that happen. <laughs> You know, like a priest who leaves the priesthood gracefully, if if you can, yeah, and lives a faithful life as a as, yeah. a, as a Catholic, as as, as someone who uh, lives what other Christians are expected to live, and then there are priests who leave uh, the priesthood and live a totally opposite life. Yeah, from what the, they, from the what, pendulum swung to the other way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. And it, it, it kind of pains me a little bit because I know the influence that priests have uh, on people. and But I also understand the major responsibility that mm-hmm. priests hold, right? And sometimes some, some, sometimes people can't handle that. Yeah. So it's a sensitive issue, but I think more so what people are interested, uh, they don't care what I think, but they care <laughs> about the questions that people have are real. What happens when a priest is no longer a priest? Like... Can that happen? Yeah. What does it take for that to happen? What does it mean? Like, so what? He's not just a priest. He's free to do whatever now. Or, yeah. I think I think I think that's a that's a great. A, a, a lot of people don't realize because if we compare our, the priest to let's say the um, an, another Christian denomination of some sorts, right? A pastor goes mm-hmm. to school, gets their papers, and then can be a pastor. But then they can just stop being a pastor, right? It's it's you know it's it's yeah. not one of those things that they just, it's a job. It's not it's a vocation, but it's a job. And then they can stop being a pastor, and then become just a regular person in the in the congregation. Yeah, that's uh, a good difference to make like pastors are usually hired for for specific mm-hmm. jobs or roles for exactly. a specific period of time or a contract length whereas Catholic priests, priests are 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 it's a vocation so it, they're ordained into priesthood. Yeah. And so it's a different thing when when you're ordained by God it's a sacrament that you take it's it's it, so I guess the big question here becomes so what happens when when a priest who can hear confession because they're in persona Christi they can hear confession they can perform um, transubstantiation I'm not they but God through them performs transubstantiation in the Eucharist and they and they, and they can say the mass and then they um, confession and and like all perform the sacrament sick or even in you know some cases if the bishop gives them permission they can you know uh, confirm people and those kind of things so like once you get 
once you're ordained into this life and you have these gifts available to you, then what happens when you come away? Because people leave for two different reasons, right? Sometimes it's because of a punishment of some sorts or because they've done something stupid or because of whatever and they've t been taken away. And we see about that in the news right now. There's, there's you know, uh, some people that are there <laughs> I mean, for uh, abuse scandals and those types of things or just other reasons. They're, they're being uh, laicized or their clerical state is being revoked. No, was yeah, it called? Loss yeah. of clerical state. Loss of clerical state. That's what it's yeah. called. And so, and so you have priests, and then you also have priests that are leave the priesthood later because they discerned that they aren't called towards the priesthood. And what you said, like it's a tragic either way. One of the things, though, is it's unfortunate that those people couldn't have discerned in the yeah. six, seven, eight years. And I don't necessarily. I mean, uh, hopefully, hopefully, it's not. Again, not to judge or hold anybody, but like part of that might be their spiritual director, whoever that is. It's it's like if there's yeah. a whole bunch of people that failed along the way there to maybe to to figure that out, um, and and maybe it's pressure, maybe it's this, that, and the other thing, right? Like there's a bunch of reasons, but those two things both happen. A priest is laicized. Now what happens? They can no longer hear confessions. They can no longer uh, perform, uh, I mean, uh, be in persona Christi at mass. They can never, you know, all those kinds of things. So what happens there? Like, how, how does that actually take place? Well, I, how do we deconsecrate a priest? Like you mentioned that, <laughs> you mentioned that, uh, you know, the priest receives his priesthood through a sacrament. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The sacrament of holy orders. Mm -hmm. And this is a sacrament that cannot be undone. Just like the sacrament of baptism. Yeah. Okay, so the sacrament of baptism leaves what's called an indelible mark yeah. on the soul. Gotcha. Once someone is baptized, they cannot be unbaptized. Like, yeah. like I know there's been cases where people like sue churches to <laughs> revoke their baptism. Now, someone yeah. can verbally say, I'm revoking my faith mm -hmm. in the Catholic Church, and that can be recorded or something, but you can't reverse your baptism. Like, yeah, it's once a mark you're baptized, your it's a mark on your soul. Well, once you're ordained, once you've received yeah. the or the the uh, holy orders, the sacrament of holy orders, uh, that can't be undone. Like you are a priest forever. So once okay? you're a priest, you're a priest forever. You're a priest forever, and I think that um, is difficult for people to understand when a priest has done terrible things. Mm -hmm. Like let's look back to the sexual abuse cases. Mm -hmm. Right where that blew up and uh, caused a lot of pain for people and and shone this light in this very dark place uh, of the church. And the church was criticized for a number of things, but one of the things that the church was criticized for was that these priests were still priests, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That they weren't not priests anymore. Mm -hmm. Where and here's where we get into the loss of clerical state, yeah. where you can't just remove the priesthood mm -hmm. from someone. You can uh, remove the uh, connection to the clerical state, right? Uh, so there's suspensions that yeah. happen. Yeah, okay. So tell me the levels here. So there's suspension. What's the suspension? Well, first, maybe to be more clear, even though you're ordained a priest, yeah. you still need faculties yes. from your local ordinary, which is your local bishop. Yeah. Uh, to uh, serve as a priest, so they grant you the permission, the permission to keep to serve in as a this territory, which we yeah. call dioceses and, or uh, uh, um, areas where religious communities uh, yeah. serve. Yeah. So the superior of that religious community or the local ordinary, the local bishop, gives faculties, gives permissions for a priest to act as a priest. And so okay. it's kind of, that's the bishop's, one of the bishop's roles in his diocese is to, to be able to grant those permissions or remove them. 
to investigate or remove them if he feels yeah. necessary. Well, that's right. Okay. And and so, for example, uh, if if me, who's ordained a priest for my diocese, I have faculties from my bishop to be a priest here in my diocese. But the second I go to the neighboring diocese, yes. where I'm not uh, a priest of that diocese, I need permission from their local bishop to, to celebrate. celebrate Mass or gotcha. to... Uh, do any of the other side like for example my some of my family lives in another diocese down south uh, and uh, so when I go there to celebrate baptisms and marriages and things yeah. like that I need permission from the local ordinary the local bishop uh, to be able to do that so first is faculties any priest needs faculties from their bishop to uh, to serve as a priest those can be removed yeah those can be removed from you for one reason or another gotcha um, or maybe not granted, I should say. Mm -hmm. Like if, if I went to another diocese and no. uh, yeah, they could say no because of something I've, <laughs> they're afraid I'm going to say, or yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe something they heard me say on this podcast, but <laughs> uh, whatever reason, it doesn't have to be granted. Yeah. Then there's suspension. You could be suspended uh, as a priest. Uh, and those usually come with pretty specific uh, instructions instructions from mm -hmm. from the bishop yeah okay and that could be that you are only allowed to celebrate mass by yourself in so, your home padre pio was in in a way he was suspended in his faculty like he was suspended from public life for a while then, he right? was limited in limited what he right could do. And so it wasn't suspended per se mm -hmm. like he was still allowed to practice as a priest but not at in to, to consult with the public that's right so i mean again this is i'm just using this as a like that's a positive <laughs> image of how the church uh, uses their authority to kind of, okay, let's put a handle on this situation and yeah. see what's going on Yeah. Uh, before we make major decisions here, right? That's yeah, right. and there, there are perfectly legitimate scenarios where sure. the faculties of a priest are either suspended or revoked. So yeah. you, you can even imagine, um, you know, a priest coming uh, to close to retirement, but not quite there, developing something like dementia or like developing a yeah, something that yeah, prevents yeah. them from having the capacity to yeah. you know perform their their priestly obligations that's right yeah, yeah. and and uh, so after that so you could be suspended for one for one reason or other with certain restrictions the case of laicization yeah or mm -hmm. defrocked is what you know media, media yeah. calls it a priest is defrocked or you know we call it laicized or loss of clerical state that is uh, a whole different process. We've heard it in the news. Father Frank Pavone yeah, uh, from Priest yeah. for Life in the United States was laicized. So now he's Mr. Frank Pavone. Not Father. Uh, yeah. Not Father Frank Pavone. And, 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 you know, that's a whole topic for maybe another episode or whatever. Um, but so what is the process? Well, there is a process. It's not just like the bishop wakes up one day, has a grudge against you, <laughs> and says, that's enough. Yeah. You know, there's a whole process. And I think you alluded to it a little bit before. Sometimes laicization is requested by the priest, mm -hmm. and sometimes it's imposed yeah. on the priest for one reason or another. So let's look at those two areas, Separate. voluntary and involuntary, right? So voluntary would be the priest asking for laicization. So he's come to a point where he's like, boy, I can't do this anymore, mm -hmm. or I don't feel like maybe this was the right uh, call for me or whatever might be. Okay. And, uh, you know, sadly, some statistics uh, show that uh, there is a concern at least 
you know, within the church, that some priests are more likely to leave the priesthood within the first five years of ministry. But that's that's kind of very similar if you think about it in the terms of vocation. Uh, divorce rates and annulments rates happen in the first five years. Right. So if you yeah. can make it through the first five years, you're you're uh, I can't remember exactly the percentages, but you're like less than half likely. <laughs> that's do, right. You know, like half of all marriages um, end in the first five years. Uh, for one reason or another. And so if you can make it through the first five years, because that's the point where you've come over the hiccups and you've actually, like, you've taken your vow of through sickness and health in marriage, but also as a priest, I imagine, the same kind of thing in sickness and in health and, like, through the good times and the bad, seriously, and you've overcome that. Yeah, I I think that is a helpful way of thinking about it, even though it's not a perfect analogy. Like, at at one level, you can say that, like... um, as a uh, voluntary laicization yeah. is to the priesthood what annulment is to marriage. Um, that you know, it's it's not um, it's not divorce. It's not just like a, yeah. a a hard break. That like there's actually a process where you investigate, you know, whether or not they have a legitimate or illegitimate reason for wanting to leave the priesthood. Because there are there are legitimate situations where mm-hmm. either the discernment process didn't take into account. You know something like mental illness or addiction or whatever like a lot yeah, of the yeah. questions that they would ask in an annulment process but when a marriage is annulled it's invalidated Fine. so like yeah. the mar- the initial marriage itself is invalidated when a priest is lay aside this is, and this is why the analogy isn't not, perfect yeah. that you know once you're ordained a priest you are a priest forever but um you can you can you know, make have serious questions about whether or not they should have become a priest in the first place, um, and you know, the the process or the outcome of that can take multiple forms. You know, the, the person can remain a priest but have their faculties revoked if they're not in a state where they can, you know, fulfill those obligations, um, or in in some cases where. Um, it may be most appropriate for them to be removed from the priesthood because you know um, they were either um, tricked into it or like the the discernment process or whatever pressured or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. They, they um, yeah, they shouldn't have been a priest in the first place. Yeah, and I think that's you know um, maybe from uh, being in the seminary and, and with other people, you know, I think there's this expectation, this sort of dream. You know, everyone has this like <laughs> what the priesthood's gonna be like. You know. <laughs> And maybe that's just not something that's uh, you know set, sets well for someone when mm-hmm. when they do become a priest. Um, and you know sometimes I must say there's outside factors too. Mm-hmm. Like people, sure. people aren't always kind to priests. No, no, hundred percent. And I, there are some thick-skinned yeah. <laughs> priests, and and there are ones that you know are a little more sensitive that maybe can't handle the uh, criticisms mm-hmm. and the complaints we get and the difficulties yeah. there are. You know, it, it's it's not all uh, difficult. I mean, uh, I mean, we are in the person of Jesus, and Jesus also suffered the, yeah. some of the same things, right? So it kind of comes with the territory. Now, there are people who, you know, um, also voluntarily leave the priesthood by just going to get married. So, <laughs> and they, yeah. they go get married, so, and that's an invalid marriage because they are not uh, free mm-hmm. to marry. In the it's, it's not like you just, it would, be, it would be considered like if I just decide, okay, I'm going to leave my wife and then just marry somebody else. Exactly. That, that doesn't actually, yeah. you know. But there, but there are, so there are forms of laicization, right, that, that you can, there are three ones. One of them yeah. is if you break the vow of celibacy. Uh, no, not celibacy. Is it celibacy or is it marriage? I think it's. I can't remember which one specifically. If you yeah. if you marry, yeah, if you marry, well, you're taking on another vocation while you already have a vocation. Exactly, yeah. right? exactly. So, so you are uh, basically, even though 
you've done it voluntarily. Yeah. Like now the church will impose yeah, on here, you. Here we're shifting gears from yeah. kind of a voluntary laization to process okay. to um, initiating a canonical process where, you know, either your bishop or or your bishop initiates a canonical process to have you removed from the priesthood. And even with a voluntary uh, laicization, there is a process. Yeah. Like you have to speak to your bishop. Uh, you have to explain why. Uh, and usually before... Discernment they, and stuff. Yeah, there's a discernment. They send you mm-hmm. off on a, on a retreat or a sabbatical of some sort. They try and get you help, maybe counseling, whatever the, for, for whatever the issue yeah. might be. Yeah. But and that would then be very together, similar to an annulment scenario where yeah. if you have two people that are struggling in their marriage, you're going to send them for help first right. before you're like, oh, oh, you guys don't like each other anymore? Okay, you're done. You know, That's like right. you're going to try to get them actual help to work through. And then the, the person petitioning for a laicization, asking for yeah. to be defrocked, uh, you know, they have to explain what the situations are yeah. and all those different things, right? And so there is, a, there is a proper process of interrogation and investigation that takes place by the bishop and then sends to the uh, dicastery yeah. for the congregation <laughs> of the faith. Yeah. I, no. Yeah, yes. for, for clergy. Would for, be the for, for clergy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that, they, that, that's at the Vatican, and they yeah. sort of take care of these sort of uh, yes. cases. Yes, because ordination can be done at the diocesan level, mm-hmm. but laicization actually needs to come from... Rome, from the Vatican. Yeah. So a dispensation from the clerical state is uh, granted by the Vatican only, like Matt said. Now, that's, invol- that's voluntary. Involuntary would be uh, a priest has committed a crime. Yes. Uh, and, and, and guilty. Um, a priest uh, is uh, con- continually not living up to his priestly promises. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's causing trouble or dissent in the the church. Maybe he's uh, actively speaking or preaching or conducting himself in a manner that's not in line with the Catholic Mm -hmm. Church. Uh, And again, doesn't happen overnight. This would be something where the bishop is uh, correcting him, having conversations with him, maybe even giving him a new... Uh, yep. appointment mm-hmm. or scaling back his appointments, scaling back his faculties, mm-hmm. yeah. like all these different things could happen. And then there is a canonical uh, process as well, where instead of you filling out sort of what this, what your reasons for leaving the priesthood is, the bishop or his people uh, sort of build the case and send it to the same dicastery mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. the Vatican. Now, some of these dispensations come quick like uh, when we had an episode to remember pope benedict the 16th we talked about how he quickly laicized Mm -hmm. uh, hundreds of priests who were convicted of sexual abuse yes right right? away yeah and that seems to be what pope francis is also following these Mm -hmm. cases of sexual abuse there as soon as pretty pretty quickly um there are other reasons you know uh, like if someone was to go get married or whatever, the bishop puts that forward. Uh, And there are other numerous reasons where Where it doesn't require a detailed investigation to actually see to, to um, confirm that it meets the criteria for laicization. Like if there's any debate, uh, because as part of the canonical process, like the, um, the priest has the opportunity to defend themselves. It's almost like a a, trial, right? Yeah. It's very similar to like a, um, a civil, uh, civil court case. And now, now on that too, I, I, I read somewhere, even going to a priest going into military service without 
uh, permission from the bishop or the local. Like that right there is automatic laicization as well. So taking on another type of vocation, as you kind of said, that might be contrary. Yeah. And again, depends. It's not like we have priests that are in the military that are under a bishop that are right. like, so th- it's not just if you, because of military, right? But it's, but if you decide just to like go AWOL, just to leave, mm-hmm. just to kind of go do that, like. Or, yeah, if you decide to become the head of a political party. Yes. It's, it's a very similar yeah. thing. Although, and um, it's funny that like that uh, we think about laicization sometimes in the same way we think about kind of excommunication mm-hmm. and because um, you're talking about like the different layers of like um, suspension or loss of faculties or removal from the clerical state to excommun- excommunication. We think that these are all kind of tied together, but there's actually a really complicated. Um, so uh, we were talking even before the podcast, it's like when you're excommunicated, um, you know, you, you are excommunicated by the act. But uh, e- even if you, like, even if, you know, I'm a priest and I decide to become, you know, the head of, you know, this or that political party, I'm not automatically laicized. But no. I've, I've you know, created a situation, created a condition that would definitely Probably initiate warrant. that process initiate, for yes. me. Yeah. Okay, now That's question question on yeah. that one then. Okay, so <clears throat> if a priest was to ex be excommunicated them by themselves like mm-hmm. meaning they self-excommunicated by performing an action of some yeah. sorts uh they killed somebody they've, or something they've uh revealed something from the confessional okay yeah. reveal them okay reveal something from the confessional they've done that and then so they've excommunicated themselves but the bishop doesn't necessarily know yeah. so now they've taken themselves outside of the grace of the church outside of that what the church's um stances on what this that or the other thing but they perform mass is mass valid they would <laughs> they would investigate that in hindsight. So at, yeah. at like um, there could be a number of illicit masses that people don't actually know are illicit. Um, yeah. But when it comes to light that you know this is what that priest did, this is when they did it. Um, did they make uh, reparation? Did they confess? Yeah. Did they did they you know follow the appropriate steps to be brought back into proper communion? Uh, but if not, they would kind of investigate back to that point, identify which were. The illicit sacraments and try and make reparation in in the same way that um, the baptism. Yeah, we we, yeah, we did we that. That about... uh, found out that his priestly ordination was invalid. Um, well, because he wasn't because, baptized in the first yeah. place, yeah. and so he wasn't able to be priestly. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they had so to do an investigation back. into the different types of sacraments as well, because you need you require different faculties and different. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and this is another practical reason why priests have faculties to uh, perform their priestly duties because. Uh, like so, the bishop has a list of active priests uh, who are in good standing. Yeah, you know, because sometimes it has happened, and, and I've seen it happen yeah. where people impersonate a priest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, they celebrate sacraments with with people that are obviously invalid and illicit. Well, I've, right? I've heard of cases before um, of people pretending to be priests or saying, "Oh, I, I yeah, I, I'm okay." Like the church knows I'm doing this, and then goes to baptize or goes like there's right. there's places like that, or 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 um, uh, like um, even performing other sacraments, saying that this is this is like um, there was a place I was looking at down south, was it somewhere? Um, and they have the word Catholic in it. But but they're performing similar to the ritual of the mass, uh, but it wasn't the mass. But they were performing it's the old like, Catholic Church like, or something. Like, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, I can't remember exactly yeah. what it's called. But they were like doing that and calling themselves Catholic. But yeah. but they're not. They're not. They're not. They don't have the faculties of Catholic Church. They're not. So it's really important that when you like, if you're worried about this a person or someone that is being uh, per, 
suggesting that they are a member, a priest or something. Just go ask your local, like it's very easy. Go to a Catholic church that you know is active. Walk in there, talk to the priest. Because yeah. <laughs> the bishop ain't, ain't going to let somebody <laughs> work inside the church. That's yeah, and it might be a concern, like for example, uh, when I go to visit a hospital or a nursing home yeah, or something yeah. that's outside of my parish, I have identification on, right? I yeah. have a badge yeah, yeah. Uh, with my name. Do you have little cards or something like that? We do, yeah, we do have little cards uh, that uh, we could carry around <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> So, you know, maybe the Vatican needs to issue like a driver's license for type <laughs> ID for priests or something like that. Yeah. Okay. I do want to talk about what happens to a priest after they're laicized. Yeah. yeah. Like, what is it? What is it? What has happened? So now they're ordained a priest. And, uh, you know, I do have sympathy for some people who leave the priesthood because th- I don't think that they uh, thought their life would turn out this way. But mm-hmm. let's say they've studied in the seminary. This is their livelihood. Now they're kind of a public figure. Now. Mm-hmm. It's trying to sneak back into the, uh, you know, quiet private life. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. Of course, and yeah. I'm talking about priests, maybe who have voluntarily asked for laicization, yeah. not those who are, you know, have committed criminal crimes and and warrant the the judicial system verdicts and all those things. So what happens to a priest? Now, <clears throat> there are certain restrictions that the Vatican leaves on priests who are laicized. Because remember, you are a priest forever. Yeah, like yeah. we can't reverse that. So. Even though a priest is dispensed from the clerical state and uh, reduced, is what they say, to the lay state, uh, there are still certain obligations connected with that new uh, lifestyle that they're going to have because of the indelible mark that they have as a priest. So they have to uh, make it, like, make every effort Mm -hmm. to be living their life in the moral capacity that warrants a, that would warrant, you know, you being a former priest. Mm-hmm. And I, I do know priests who have left the priesthood and do that. Live good, holy, live lives. good, holy lives. Yeah. And, uh, and you'd call them a man of God. Sure. Yeah. And I do know priests who <laughs> have left the priesthood and on the other way? <laughs> have gone the absolute other way. And this causes scandal. And that's one of the conditions that the Vatican gives, mm-hmm. that you are not to provoke scandal mm-hmm. in your new life. And some people, now, I don't know what's in their mind or in their hearts. You know, some people are angry when they leave the priesthood. They feel they feel like they've been slighted or shorted or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's kind of like, you know, you're um, going going against the grain. Like you're... you're, you're yeah. You know, so you're acting out mm-hmm. sort of thing and you're doing things that just aren't in line with someone who's been uh, ordained well, a priest. Well, you could almost feel like you've got you've gotten seven, eight, nine years stolen from you because you were pressured into this and it's not your fault ever. It's always somebody else's fault. Like, you know what I mean? So that's where I see the acting out would come in. But like, be, be like, okay, I was forced into this. I was pressured into this. Right. But you did have, you used to... I mean, some people could say that about marriage, the same kind of thing. Like, but you did have a part to play, so you, sure. you did say yes. You did, you did yeah. um, go through. But, but they are and, not to celebrate mass. No, they are yeah. not to hear confessions. They are not to dress in yeah. clerical uh, garb. So that you they can, are not to present themselves yeah. as a priest. And the diocese has a responsibility also to let that known, to let yeah. that be known to priests and the people of God that, makes that this person is no longer. Uh, a, a, a priest in, in good standing or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this priest has been laicized. I know that they, that most dioceses do that when someone's been criminally charged, like, Hey, l- you know, yeah, look what we've done. Yeah. He's no longer a priest. That's that we've done our part mm-hmm. sort of thing. But when a priest slips away quietly, 
it's not always the case. No, that, I mean, that they let it know. A publicly. lot of times you don't actually find out because I because I even know priests that have have left the priesthood and stuff, and I didn't know that they were priests that have been left. Right. And I might have seen them and talked to them and everything else, and they don't tell me they we and not that they have to unless they're performing some sort of sacramental whatever. Yeah. But yeah. like seeing them in the grocery store or something, you talking to them, you go like, oh, and then I find out later that they've left the priesthood. I'm like, oh, oh, I think I should have again if they're not performing priestly duties or, or misrepresenting themselves. I can imagine they would get really long when I, if I was to reach out and say, Hey father. And then they turn around because they were used to that and they can't say, Oh no, I'm Mr. Now. Like that would get really old fast. Yeah. yeah. But, and, uh, now there is a, there is emergency cases though, isn't there? Yes, there so is emergency. I, cases. I did see that somewhere in, in the event of the emergency. So like and the, only, we're on a plane, we're on a plane, the plane's starting to go down. And let me be clear about this. Only in the event of an emergency, because I've recently dealt with a former priest yeah. who was trying to administer the sacrament of the sick to someone when uh, it wasn't in an emergency. Yeah. And there were other validly ordained mm. and priests in good standing available. And their excuse was, well, they were a former priest and they could do this, Right. Yeah, that not. is not the case at all. No. Uh, it is only in the event of an emergency and no other uh, validly ordained priest in good standing is available in short time. Like your we're, example we're of going a, down on, on a, plane. a plane. We're going down on a plane. You're going down on a plane. And, Can and I receive the last sacrament of yeah. confession? Or at the scene of an accident, let's say okay, someone's dying passing. on the road or something like that. And, you can hear their confession. So a, a laicized priest can still hear confession. Like again, like you said, emergency only, emergency time of only, death, it's a hearing of the on the side of a highway, confession. that kind of thing. But they could hear confession at that time. It would still be considered valid? Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. 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 So that's, I mean, <laughs> it's good to know. I mean, if you're going to go on a yeah. trip. And you're really scared. Bring of, a former priest. Yeah. <laughs> bring, bring a former priest. Because current priests have no time to go on a trip. <laughs> yeah. Bring a former priest with you. Um, but what's, what's, what I, like preparing for this uh, episode, yeah. what I didn't know is some of the obligations that the Vatican sets out for people who are former priests, mm-hmm. like they prohibit certain things that you can do after you're done. And uh, some of them are to have any liturgical role, so you can mm-hmm. preach. Oh, that makes sense. Right? Yeah. You can't preach. But what about you reading? You can't have any pastoral office. So yeah, like, let's say you're hired by a youth church pastor. to be a pastoral minister, youth minister, maybe yeah. the diocese uh, evangelization director yeah. or whatever like that. Uh, you can't take on uh, the office of a rector. You can't be a, uh, like of a seminary. Yeah, okay, that makes you sense. You can't be a spiritual director. You can't teach in seminaries. And you can't be on faculties of theology. Hmm. Well, you've given those up when, you, when you've left, like when, when, if you've voluntarily left. Right? And this like, is what surprised me. Uh, you can't hold the office of a director in a Catholic school or the duty of a teacher of religion in any school, oh, wow. whether Catholic or not. Oh, that's a big one because I actually... Yeah. So yeah. that's what the... Uh, <laughs> the uh, I have to talk to some people now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the Sacred Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith uh, lays out as some prohibitions for someone after they're ordained. Now, uh, it, the bishop does have a responsibility that he, in his prudence, in his good judgment, could sort of waive those things. Yeah, yeah. Provided that there's no fear or anticipation mm-hmm. of scandal exactly. that's going to happen. And you know what? I, I'm not, I'm okay with it just because uh, when... When 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 someone has heard your confession, mm-hmm, yeah. you know when someone has been there at a, at a time of your life where you needed a priest, uh, you don't want to confuse people 
by just putting them in this role of a religion teacher. And now yeah. it's like, oh, that guy used to hear my confession yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. it might be. Right. Uh, and I would say, actually, I would add to that. Like, even though you are laicized, you can, you still have to hold the seal of confession. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100 like, percent. You can't say, you know, well, uh, I'm not a priest anymore. So yeah. Matt... You know, no, no, because swore one time or whatever. Like to that, be, yeah. to be in, because even if I was, if get me wrong here, but uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Sorry, if, if I was to overhear, let's say you and Matt had, were Matt was receiving co- uh, confession, going to confession uh, around the corner. I happened, it happened not to be a private place for whatever reason, and I walked around and I heard some things. Right, as a Catholic, I'm still <laughs> bound by that seal of con- confession. Right? That's uh, right, uh, right, of reconciliation. Yeah. So doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a priest or not, you're still bound by that. Yeah, and yeah. so you, even if you were laicized, you would still be bound by that same that's right. seal of confession. That's right. Yeah. Right? Makes sense? So that's basically sort of the... Oh, uh, let's wrap it up then. So um, you can be laicized, either voluntary or involuntary. You can choose right. to, you can, and you can make your petition you as imposed to why, on you. Or you can be imposed because of criminal crimes, or like you said, it could be mental illness or something other else coming down the line. And when that happens, you cannot act in any way at all yeah. that resembles a priest. Yeah, exactly. Even though, like, you know, the criticism of, well, there's still a priest. Yes, at the end of the day, yeah. you can't take the priesthood away, just like you can't take baptism away from someone. But the church can but take you, the authority away. You have you have no right to present yourself as a priest, act like a priest, perform any duties of a priest, mm-hmm. uh, anything, you know? Except in the case of emergency where someone's dying on the side of the road by the highway. And or, only or in, in the, the event of a serious emergency where no other priest yeah. is nearby yeah. or can Available. get there in time. In time. Yeah, yeah. So that's so that that makes it kind of summed up. So you, I mean, you know, a, a priest becomes a regular human. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a laity yeah. becomes laicized, mm-hmm. becomes laity, and and can only and and even more so actually because I could still become a religion teacher or I could become a director of education. They got even further imposed on top of of their so as again not to misconstrue what their position was. And I, and I would say that there's also a reasonable human expectation that they would be respectful of their previous role. Like yeah, that for they, sure. They wouldn't go and, uh, you know, sour the name of other priests or mm-hmm. other uh, people in the church or the yeah. church itself or the bishop, and they would live a life like they've called their former parishioners to do. Yeah. Like that, yeah. That it's, well, they're, it's they're still, they're still Catholic. Well. They're still in the, exactly. the church. They're still exactly. there. So thanks for this uh, conversation. Hopefully it was helpful for people. If you have any follow-up questions for us, you can send us an email at askus at thecatholicbuzz.com or leave a comment or a question on our Facebook or Instagram pages. Okay, so for Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan, my name is Father Daniele, and we'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz. (laughs) 